Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. I want to thank you for listening on 103.1 or on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast. Uh, the feedback we continue to get on the show is just just outstanding. We really appreciate people giving us feedback, and um, you know we're able to get a lot of numbers from different you know from podcast world, from YouTube, Facebook, especially Facebook. We get lots of demographic information from that, and of course the you know the radio numbers, and um, we appreciate you you know joining us on a daily basis to to catch up on what it takes to build a great community. I talk a lot about resiliency on the show, and I had been kind of saving a couple of quotes that I had gathered recently, and uh, they kind of fit what what I would say is the theme of Coast View, but it also fits the theme of a conversation I'll have in the second half of the show with my friend Laurie Jackson, who is a missionary from Ukraine. She'll be joining us from Ukraine here shortly to kind of give us an update on their efforts and sort of where they're coming from. But so all these quotes fit the world she's in, and they fit the world that we're in. This is a quote from uh, Joan Baez, the singer-songwriter, and it said this, Action is the anecdote to despair. Action is the anecdote to despair. You may remember when the going gets tough, the tough get going. We learned that really well after Hurricane Katrina, that the best way to sort of get ourselves out of the mess mess we were in is to take action. To me, at the at the core of resiliency is this notion of bouncing back and have people who are determined to do that. Um, the next one is from uh, George Foreman. He was born in 1949, incidentally. Seems like he's been around forever. I guess he has been. But he says, heroes, heroes always have their scars. Some you can see and some you read about later on. I, th- I thought that was kind of powerful, and I talk about this all the time, that there are silent heroes all over coastal Mississippi. They care nothing about the spotlight. They're just doing amazing work in the trenches. And oftentimes we don't even really understand that they've made these contributions until you know something happens in their lives that brings focus to them, and then we can, then we can focus on that. But there are a lot of heroes around us. And then this was one of my favorite from Teddy Roosevelt, who died back in 1919. But Teddy Roosevelt said this, nothing in this world is worth having or worth doing unless it means effort, pain, and difficulty. I don't care if you're running a small business or running a big business or working in the community or, I mean, you name it. And I don't think nothing worth having was easy. You have to be willing to work hard for it. And oftentimes that means effort and pain and difficulty. That's just the reality of it. And the good leaders among us are able to overcome that and be resilient and uh, and move forward. And we are fortunate to have so many great leaders that fit that description here in coastal Mississippi. Okay, with all that said, let me uh, shift gears now and move over to a leader here in coastal Mississippi that's not only doing a great job in his company, but has also contributed an enormous amount of his time to the community and uh, he's my friend, Jonathan Jones, who's the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Harris Gulf Coast. How you doing, Jonathan? Good, Ricky. I'm great. Um, 
it's nice to be uh, nice to be welcomed with a series of quotes from some pretty significant folks that have lived. But uh, I'm doing well, and uh, we're 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 already rolling in 2023. It's hard to believe. Yeah, we got. I actually want to reflect a little bit on last year and the holidays and what it means for you personally, and we'll we'll get into that in just a second, but. You know, Jonathan, you've had the opportunity. You you have done a great job, and we'll go into more detail about this in a second, about splitting, understanding that part of your responsibility, the more you work in the trenches of the community, the more you can do a better job as a CEO because you understand the needs of the community. But whether it's through the business council of any other efforts that you're involved with, you get to you get a chance to see what I'm talking about when I say there are some extraordinary leaders in this community that really aren't interested in getting attention. They're just out there trying to fill gaps and make this this community bigger. In that respect, we're really lucky, aren't we? We, we are. You know, this is a fantastic community to live in, and work in. And I think one thing that we all share is is optimism about the future. I mean, there's there's a lot of attention paid here on the past and what we've been and what we were and what it took to get where we are. But I think that, you know, a vision for what we still can be and what's still out there for all of us is something that I think is kind of a common thread among a lot of us. I've had some great conversations with Jamie Miller recently and uh, feel really good about where the, where the business council is headed as we continue to do all the things that made us strong. But as we, as we look to the future and think about the new economy, just as you were saying, and making sure that we're not we're not losing the opportunity to uh, to take advantage of uh, of of new things that can help build a better community and also the competitive th- threats that we have across across the country. But you know the business council being sort of the regional business organization, and under Jamie's leadership and the board, we're, we've got it. We got a bright future, don't we? Yeah, we we sure do. Really excited to have him here. Um, you know, we, we've been with him for now just a few months. Um, but, you know, the executive committee for the business council is just a great group of people. I mean, and, and very diverse, I think, just in terms of experience, in terms of industry. Um, you know, I was I was proud to have been kind of the sole member of the of the of the gaming and tourism industry on that for a little while. But I'm also happy to have Brandon Dardo from the Beau Rivage joining me on the executive committee because we do represent, you know, a huge part of the economy down here. Uh, and it's it's good to be recognized that way. I mean, you know, I, I feel very welcome, you know, with the likes of John Harrison and Anthony Wilson, William Yates, you know, on that committee. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a great group of people and, and really excited about the future under Jamie's leadership. Yeah, I was thrilled to see Brandon joining the, the group. I mean, as we've referred to it before as the who's who of co-CEOs. And I think one of the clarion calls that have made this organization work so well, I've said it many times on the show, is the fact that, you know, oftentimes with an organization like the Business Council, it can get stale. And and I'm not saying that that's happened in this case, but it could. And the reason it hasn't in this case is that we've got the top people involved. Oftentimes what will happen is top top people will be involved for a period of time and then start to patch it to their first and second lieutenants and so on. But the work of the of the business council regionally is so darn important. That's why the John Harrisons and the William Yates and and uh, the Brandons and the Jonathans and you name it are staying involved because you recognize that it's you know if if the business council doesn't take the regional view, then who's going to do that? And uh, it's really really important. We're the economic engine that drives this state, and we're going to make sure we stay that way. That that's for sure. Hey, let's take a step back for a second. I'm just curious as you look back on the holidays. You know what was uh, what was Christmas like for you? What was going into the New Year's like, just for you personally? 
Yeah, it's great. You know, my my kids are just at perfect ages right now. They're 10 and 7, um, you know, so that they, they get out of school and, and we get to spend some time together as a family. We traveled a little bit leading up to Christmas, but, you know, a few years ago, we sort of decided that, you know, we needed to be home on Christmas morning, even though we've got family kind of spread out a little bit. Um, so, so the kids woke up on Christmas Day and uh, got to see their presents and play with them a little bit. But then we pack up and we head west. We went and saw my in-laws in New Orleans uh, for the day and, and spent some some really nice time with them. Uh, we had seen my my side of the family a little bit before that, so uh, we went to New Orleans for the day and then back here and and really kind of gearing up for New Year's here. It's a big deal here at Harris, and uh, we had a great great time that night. Um, you know, so it was a good, it was a good time. Good, good to be together as a family. Do you, uh, do you do personal resolutions, new year's resolutions for yourself? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, every year it seems like as we get from Thanksgiving to Christmas, um, you know, I, I, I eat some things I probably shouldn't eat and, and, uh, you know, drink some things I may not need to drink. So I try to clean that up a little <laughs> bit at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, so, so combination of diet and exercise is going to be important for me to kind of kick off the beginning of the year, um, you know, and then just reaffirm my desire to, to be present and in the moment, um, with, with regard to my kids, but also with my coworkers here and, and also with our customers. Um, you know, I found, you know, coming out of COVID and, and actually getting back together and being able to be together as groups, we, we made a couple trips with some, with some guests. I went up to Reno in, in September with some customers and really just was present and with them and, and got to know them a little bit and had a really nice time doing that. So I want to spend some more time doing things like that here in, in 2023. Yeah, I used to say Roland Weeks, who was my predecessor at the Sun-Herald and my mentor, he said a publisher wears three hats. He's a community leader. He's a newspaper publisher, which has First Amendment obligation that comes with that. And he's got the fiduciary responsibilities that come with you know running a business. And the extent that they balance, a publisher balances those hats uh, appropriately. And, you know, oftentimes they'll come in conflict with one another. And part of finding sort of the balance and the ability to live in the moment is, is the ability to sort of balance those three hats. That's kind of what you just described. You know, it's a, uh, when you're a CEO, you got so many different stakeholders and so much coming at you from so many different directions. The key to success is finding balance and you never really get it completely. Because anything can happen in the moment, in this exact moment, that could change even this interview. Um, but I mean, it's something you got to be focused on because family, family's important, and you got a young family, and it makes a, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And and look, I'm fortunate to, to be able to live here and raise them here. Um, you know, a lot of other places you deal with a lot of other things that that we don't have here. I mean, I feel like we're you know raising our kids in a pretty safe environment. We've got great people around us, uh, great schools. I mean, there's there's things that we don't have to worry about, so that when we can spend time together and focus on the important stuff, uh, that that goes a long way. Now, in a conversation I had recently, I got to remember who it was with. They said that uh, Michael Sunderman actually, I think, said it that we can raise our kids in a bubble. You know, Coastal Mississippi gives us the opportunity to raise our kids in a bubble. There's a lot of truth to that, actually. There, there really is. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jonathan Jones from Harris Gulf Coast, and we'll talk about, you know, how did 2022 go, and what are they looking forward to in 2023? We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Jonathan Jones, who's the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Harris Gulf Coast. Uh, before we go any further, Jonathan, why don't you kind of tell people what your role is? Explain your role for people who have not heard us talk before. Yeah, so I'm basically, um, I guess, the CEO of this of this small business. So we are a uh, full-fledged resort. I've got uh, about 500 people that I work with. We've got 500 hotel rooms and five restaurants and great casino, a spa. We've got a relationship with Grand Bear Golf Course. Um, and so my role as general manager is is sort of I'm in charge of, of all aspects of this as it relates to the finances and to the people issues, marketing. Uh, I got a great team here, the executive team here that I work with, uh, and we work together um, to to really. I mean, you know, we we all come to work. Every one of the 500 of us that work here share three common goals, and that is to exceed each other's expectations. Number one, to exceed our guests' expectations. Number two, and then to exceed the expectations of the business. Number three. So. We just say all the time, if we find ourselves doing a bunch of stuff that doesn't fit in one of those three categories, we should question question what we're doing. So if you look back on 2022, you know, we had some discussions during that time that, you know, there was still a lot of carryover in pandemic, finding employees, you know, filling positions, you know, really having to rely on your team to fill in the gaps and all that. Thank God for uh, for dedicated teams. But when you reflect on 2022, what's, what's sort of the bottom line for how the year went for you guys? Yeah, it was it was a year of a decent amount of change. You know, I'd say that that, you know, right now in Q1 of 23, we're up against kind of the last quarter of kind of big, robust times. So things started to sort of dip a little bit for us in Q2 and sort of normalized a little bit throughout the course of the year. Um, Fortunately, we kind of saw some of those trends coming and we adjust the business accordingly. Um, and that doesn't necessarily just mean take costs out of the business. We just have to work a little bit harder to get the revenues to come in. So for us, revenues were about flat, just like the rest of the market um, for the year. The composition of that revenue changes a little bit, though. And so, you know, marketing incentives go up a little bit. We got to got to be a little bit more creative. Uh, and, and I won't bore you and get in the weeds with all the other differences between net revenue and gaming revenue. But, uh, you know, I'm really proud of the results that we had this year, proud of our team for sort of seeing trends shifting a little bit, making the adjustments that we needed to make. Um, you know, we're fortunate being part of Caesars Entertainment. We've got customers all over the country, many of whom uh, we're introducing uh, to this region for the first time still. And so, you know, after the, the big merger with Caesars and El Dorado, we we found ourselves with properties all over the country, over 50 properties and places where, uh, you know, even even right now, there's cold markets where people are dying to get down here and just looking for for something from us, for an, from an in, for an invitation from us to come down and visit. Uh, and so we met a lot of new folks over the course of 2022. A lot of them have become loyal repeat visitors. Uh, and, it, and it was a good year. It was a good year for us. That's, that's great to hear. That, that's really good to hear. You know, when you think about the coast market relative to other gaming markets, how, how are we holding our own? Yeah, we are. And look, I think this goes back to this goes back to how we reopened after COVID. You know, we were one of the first states to be able to do that. Uh, and not only were we allowed to do it, but, you know, from the governor on down, they, they really worked with us. It was an inclusive process to determine the best way to do it. 
Um, and because of that, we met a lot of people for the first time, people who have become loyal visitors. Um, and so, yeah, I would say we're definitely holding our own. Now, Vegas is Vegas is really, really humming right now. You know, they are, um, you know, a lot of corporate spend, a lot of groups going out there that, you know, that was sort of pent up demand that la- that took a little bit longer to, to materialize. So Vegas is meeting some people for the first time right now. Uh, the Raiders have really brought some energy to that city. They've got a lot of big events all the way through November of, of 23 with F1. I mean, our properties out there are borderline sold out in November for this F1 event, which is, you know, that's a sport that's really caught fire and, and, and folks are really getting behind. But, you know, Vegas is different. So, you know, we talk about Vegas and then we talk about kind of the regional markets. And I would say of the regional markets. Um, yeah, the, we're, we're definitely holding our own here on the coast. A lot of reasons is, for that, but you know, it's it's been good. For, Formula One, Netflix, the Netflix special series has really put a face and a name and a personality on those teams. It's, you know, I've watched every single one of them. It's been amazing the way that that has taken a hold internationally, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. You know, I I, I think you know this, but uh, one of my first jobs out of college before I got in this business, I was working for Red Bull Energy Drink right when it was first coming out. I was I was a you know a salesperson and I was in charge of bars and nightclubs, and it was just was and still is a very sexy brand. And um, you know, they're obviously a, a a big a big force on F1, and and they're fun to watch and fun to follow. Um, so you know, I had kind of that hook going into it. But yeah, I've seen most of those most of those seasons and. Uh, I'm a fan myself. I like that I can get up early in the morning. I'm up early anyway every day. And there's, you know, you don't have to wait till noon or sometime in the afternoon or evening to watch a sporting event. You know, you watch at eight o'clock in the morning because it's overseas somewhere. So it's fun. And you mentioned the Raiders. It's incredible the way, of course, the new stadium. They got that building really amazing turnaround time. The the Raiders have come on strong. The team has struggled. But at the end of the day, what it meant for Las Vegas as Las Vegas was reopening. And I mean, cause it was flat shut down, but I mean, as you, you know, better than anybody, um, I've had many, many friends who have been there recently and they love it as much as they've ever loved going to that city. But, but, you know, putting all these big events back onto the map, the way that it's happened has really kind of brought things back rapidly for that place. Isn't it? I mean, you, you refer to it as pent up demand, but I mean, it's the convention capital of the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, people, I think we're looking for an excuse to get out there. It took a little bit longer to get air travel going again, as opposed to us. You know, we were always fortunate that, you know, if you were if you were a little nervous about getting on an airplane, a crowded airplane, you, you'd get in your car, though. And and uh, so where that helps us and will continue to benefit us, I think people being able to fly now is is uh, is really helping Las Vegas a lot. So, Jonathan, speaking of flying, you guys have continued to sort of ramp up your charter service. How's that going for you? It's great. It's great. So in 22, um, well, I'll back up a little bit, you know, a normal year for us prior to the pandemic was we would do about 70 planes um, a year and 22, we planned to do 220 or so. And then in the first quarter, we realized the plane we were using wasn't big enough. So we, uh, we found a bigger plane um, and we looked for every opportunity to kind of tweak that schedule. And, and, you know, I think this year, end of end of 22 and beginning of 23 we've done a much better job of going to colder markets um you know bringing people down so our first flight of 23 gets in on thursday and they're coming down from green bay wisconsin so um, wow you know, we'll have we'll have folks from all over the country though that come down and they get down here and they just start shedding layers and our pools heated and the hot tubs out there and, and they like to look out over the gulf of mexico and 
and uh, and have a have a daiquiri and 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 they're in paradise as far as they're concerned. Yes, yeah, Sonny Schindler told me about Sonny Schindler is a, a local charter boat captain, and he told me that he was had a group from that general area come down. And there was literally ice on his deck of his boat. He had to, you know, clean it up. And he's not a cold weather guy. And he said they showed up and they didn't even have coats on, man. It was 30 degrees because they're just, they're built different than us, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's very different. But, you know, you mentioned charter fishing. I mean, that's something that that we do a decent amount of. And, and so folks get down here and, and uh, you know, just want to take advantage of all that the coast has to offer that they can't get back home i mean they don't even get to see it so yeah they've heard about it but they get to come down here and do all those things when i was i did some work for when i was at sun herald just some training up in minneapolis minnesota and i one of the i was there for a month or two and one of the one one sunday or saturday i rented a car and drove into wisconsin because you know brett Favre was from here i wanted to see what that was like like the first gas station i stopped at in wisconsin uh, there was literally a shrine to Brett, you know, inside the gas station. And it turns out that's sort of the way it was all across that place. But they, it's a unique relationship the community has with that team. So your group coming down here are going to be depressed since Green Bay is not getting into the playoffs. They had so, a chance. Yeah, they, yeah, for sure. So as you look forward to 2023, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts about this year? Yeah, look, I mean, so I, I think the trends that we're seeing now are likely to persist. You know, I think here on the Gulf Coast, we're we're a little bit insulated and immune from massive you know swings in in demand and macroeconomic factors because when uh you know when people scale back a little bit we become a more approachable destination they'll trade out a trip maybe to vegas or somewhere exotic to a place that that you know they can get to and they're used to um so so we expect the trends to sort of continue here at harris we've we we're going to be moving some things around rearranging some things expanding the casino a little bit. We've got some underutilized space that we're going to take advantage of. So working with architects, contractors now to make some of those changes and that with the, with, with the eye on having those things finished, hopefully before Memorial Day weekend, you know, and then we get busy for the summer and, and, uh, and, you know, it, it should be a good year. We're excited about it. And again, the charter business, I think we're still learning. I mean, we're still finding new markets where people really want to get down here. Uh, and it's a fun, you know, kind of nerdy, thing to have to figure out, but you're optimizing demand on constrained supply of 183 seats to come into a 499 room hotel with other sources of demand. And, um, yeah, that, that's kind of right up my alley, all that kind of stuff. I, I love, I love that kind of stuff. That's how you build a, how you build a strong business. You know, I wonder, do you guys have internal metrics? Do you look at it this way that at, at, as the tr- pandemic was taken hold, we were working hard to influence the drive-in traffic and what came from that was a lot of social s- swagger. Um, actually, I didn't realize when I was about to ha- you know, ask you this question that we're out of time. But the next time we talk, we'll talk a, a, a lot more about the drive-in traffic and how that influenced you and how social media swagger is sort of picked up as a result of that and uh, the word of mouth and spreading the word about Coastal Mississippi. But for now, that's uh, that's all we have time for. Jonathan Jones from Harris, it's been a great opportunity to catch up with you, my friend. Great talking with you, Ricky. Thank you. You, you bet. Laurie Jackson would be joining us from Ukraine after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.